Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast, your home for mind, body, and soul wellness for women. My name is Stephanie Adler. I'm a certified nutrition consultant, birth doula, and women's hormone and fertility expert. I've supported hundreds of women in having healthy cycles, healthy babies, and building a balanced foundation in their bodies and minds to set them up for a limitless life. Now it's your turn. I believe a woman reaches her full potential when she trusts the innate wisdom of her body and that those women change the world. So if you're wanting to achieve hormone harmony, have boundless energy, optimize your fertility, live a holistically healthy life, and learn how to love and trust your body to become the well woman you know you are meant to be, you're in the right place. Join me for weekly wisdom on topics such as holistic hormone and gut health, fertility, mindfulness, birth, pregnancy, and beyond, and leave with actionable steps towards well womanhood. Thanks for pressing play today. I'm so excited for the magic we're going to create together. Let's dive in. Hello, podcast fam. Welcome to the Wisdom of the Womb podcast. Today, we are going to be speaking to what a well woman marriage looks like. And I'm so excited to have my life partner, my best friend, and the cutest guy I know, my husband, Danny, here to speak about this with me. And I really wanted to do this episode because being a well woman is more than just feeling good in your body. It goes so beyond that. It's the health of our relationships and how we are able to self-actualize and open our heart. I mean, it's about the way that we show up in the world. It's about the way that we show up in our careers or the way that we show up as parents. I mean, it, it goes so beyond just what you feel like in your body. And I think that a healthy romantic relationship or healthy romantic relationships is a huge element of that. And how we live our life, how we feed ourselves, the way that we feel about our bodies, the way that we trust our bodies impacts our partners and it really can facilitate deeper connection. And so today I wanted to bring my husband in to speak about our partnership and the ways in which our marriage is one of true wellness which in my belief and experience, witnessing so many of my clients on their journey to well womanhood is made so much more rich. These, these partnerships, these relationships are made so much more rich when, a, when one of the partners or both of the partners, you know, is, is being their most authentic self as a result of being a well woman and is in the driver's seat of her hormones, her body and her life, et cetera. And today we are not going to be speaking about that foundation as much, you know, fortunately I have dozens and dozens of episodes to help you there in finding your path to well womanhood, but rather today, what I want us to focus on is the result of what all of that well womanhood is on a marriage, what the impact of that is on a marriage or in a long-term partnership and really to give you a raw and vulnerable and open look into the ways this plays out in my marriage. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the love of my life, my soulmate, the man that I wake up to feeling truly grateful every single day that I get to do life with and my, my baby daddy, 
What's up? <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't know you from your brief appearances on Instagram? Hello, everybody. My name is Danny. I uh, am born and raised in Seattle. I work in uh, commercial real estate finance. I um, have a lot of hobbies and I am very proud of my wife for the business that she has built and the ways that she is helping uh, women and men. And that's all I got for now. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm not very good at introductions, honestly. <laughs> I think you're pretty good at them. Thank you. Okay. So let's start by telling everyone our our relationship history. <laughs> we don't have to go into all 10 years of it. <laughs> not quite 10 years, but how many years? Eight, nine? We're coming up on a decade soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's just... I don't know how this would be most fun. If you want to share the story of how we met and I can hop in with some extra fun tidbits that you might leave out, or do you want me to share the story of how we met? Um, I can share it. We okay. always have different perspectives, even though we've done this about a million times. <laughs> the story always changes. Uh, we Depending were, on who's telling it. Yes. We were both living in... Tel Aviv at the time. The year was 2014. I had been there for going on a couple of years, I guess. And uh, Stephanie had been there for more than that. She was going to school. I was working uh, for a company there. And I was living in an apartment that housed, it wasn't student housing, but it housed a lot of students at IDC, which is a big a lot of international students go there in Israel. It's actually a very small university that I attended. It's a small university, but (laughs) it has an outsized proportion of international students, obviously. Yes. Uh, And uh, my apartment had four total roommates in it, including myself. And we always had this fourth revolving IDC student roommate who was, I think Stephanie was like, I'd have to confirm this with Nadav, who is the guy who... Uh, master lease the apartment, a friend of ours. These, you know, I haven't spoken with him in a while, but good guy. Mm-hmm. And I think, kind of, <laughs> you're definitely not listening to this. <laughs> Although maybe we should send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stephanie, I think it was the ninth or something like that uh-huh. in, in the two years at the time that I'd lived in that apartment ninth, eighth, seventh. I mean, it was a pretty, you know, significant number. And I must have stayed there for a disproportionately large amount of time then. Yeah. Most people. I stayed there the whole year. Most people were there for, yeah, three or four months. There was a lot of summer people. Sometimes there was two summer people. A lot of them were like Nadav's Finnish, you know, Israeli friends. See, this story does change every time I'm learning something new. (laughs) Uh And Stephanie and I became quick friends because we found we had a lot in common. So that was fall 2014. And then you know, the friendship blossomed into probably something more than friends, although it wasn't, I I don't think it was uh, physical at that point. And then I think, but you loved me. I did love you uh, as a friend. (laughs) You loved me and Uh, you wanted to see me naked. (laughs) Don't tell everybody. (laughs) And then spring 2015, um, 
I had plans to leave the country and uh, move back to the U.S. and you know just go go about my life in that way. And Stephanie and I uh, had been started to hook up a couple times throughout that spring. Spring is a big time of partying in Israel at that time because it's very uh, uh, there's their Independence Day and it's Purim and many other holidays, which are basically national holidays there that the state you know basically shuts down the street and all all job centers for. So it's very festive time. And it was a very fun time to fall in love, spring of 2015. Mm-hmm. And then we toured Europe together. Well, toured Europe is a bit of a stretch, but we went to several countries <laughs> in Europe. I was there for a, about a month, I think, and you were there for two weeks. And kind of the rest was history. We, uh, I, moved, I moved back to Seattle and then moved to San Francisco. You stayed in Tel Aviv for a while. We obviously kept in close touch. We saw each other periodically over that time. We saw each other in Boulder, um, which currently we're in Denver. And you came to San Francisco once or twice. And then ultimately, you moved to San Francisco in January of 2016. And our relationship formally resumed. It did. And now I'm having your baby. That's right. How many years later? A lot <laughs> and a lot of experiences. Well, that was a pretty good storytelling of that. Some fun tidbits that I just love are, um, so I actually had never met Danny when I moved into that apartment. So I knew hi Nadav. I knew Nadav through a friend of a friend <laughs> and kind of through, I'm not going to tell this whole part of the story because it's long, but through like a pretty crazy series of events, which involved me getting an appendicitis and being hospitalized for a couple of weeks. And my dad having to come to Israel to help take care of me and my sister being there as well. I serendipitously ended up in this apartment. And the funny thing was I had only visited that apartment one other time for a Halloween party, I think the year before. And I have a photo on Facebook that Danny is literally standing right behind me in the picture, like right behind me. And it's just so crazy. Like we never met that night, obviously, but a year before I moved in, I had been at a party at that house and there's a photo of us together from that night, although inadvertently. Um, so that's kind of a fun thing. And yeah, Danny and I have been on, I, when I moved in there initially, I had a boyfriend that I broke up with well before anything physical happened between me and Danny. But Danny and I have been on a double date together before where I was with my ex-boyfriend and he was with that specific date, a woman from Cuba who was actually quite interesting that he had, you know, met and dated a few times. But I just remember being on that date and like having so much more fun with you than I was having with my, you know, then boyfriend, but then soon became ex-boyfriend. So yeah, that's our little love story. And over the years, we've definitely grown together. And I think that's something that a lot of my friends have spoken to quite a bit with me when we're talking about partnership and their relationships and our relationship and just general, like, what does it mean to be in a healthy partnership, marriage relationship, whatever you're defining it as. Um, I think all of my friends really speak to the fact that you and I have grown together. You know, I met you when I was 21 and I'll be 30 this year. 
And I think that it's pretty unique, especially when the largest, the biggest indicator of whether a marriage will last actually has to do with when you meet each other. I don't know if you know this statistic, it's pretty wild. The older you are, when you meet your significant other, the more likely the marriage is to last. And they say that this is because, you know, you know yourself better. And like, because so much is changing when you're in your twenties and early thirties, right. That people, it's very easy to grow apart. And I think that a lot of our peers really see and recognize the ways in which we grow together. And I'm so valuable for that. And I really think that so much of that comes from a lot of what we're going to talk about here today. And I really hope that it inspires and encourages other people and really shows what this well woman and well man relationship um, can look like. And so I'm curious from your perspective, babe, like what do you think are the healthiest aspects of our relationship? Like what, what makes our relationship so healthy? I think what makes our relationship healthy is our clear and consistent communication. Um, we just talk about talk about everything that is going on in our each of our you know individual lives, but we also talk about the decisions that we're making as a as a family and as a couple. So that's that's one. Um, I think that we have connection games that we do we'll talk about those which i understand we will talk about and those are just little ways for us i mean kind of in the in a similar fashion as communication but just ways for us to sit down set aside time and express to the other person sometimes oftentimes they're very silly but still meaningful expressing to the other person you know something of relevance that happened that day or that they've been thinking about or whatever the case may be. Um, I think that we, I'm now remembering many of these elements made my, made their way into my vows. About a year ago. Uh, another way that Should we put your vows in the show notes. <laughs> my vows are probably one of the best composed pieces of literature ever. So. They were really impressive. <laughs> Danny's vows were much better than mine. <laughs> Um, I think we challenge each other in ways that are beneficial to the, to the couplehood, you know, like you, you challenge me in ways and uh, ways that are your strengths. So like things that you do well, you challenge me to do well and vice versa. And yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the list goes on, but those are the, those are the, the punchlines that immediately come to mind. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that we really work on our relationship and that's what makes it so healthy. You know, yes, like also you and I are very compatible and it's easy for us to be together, but I think that no relationship is going to be vibrant and healthy without intention and putting work into it. And I just think that that's part of everything you spoke to really speaks to the work that we put into our relationship. So let's talk a little bit about these connection games, because I think for a lot of people, they're like, what are you talking about? And so first of all, most of the time when we do it, I use a really silly voice. And we, one of us will say at this point now, we'll be like, do you want to connect? <laughs> um, which, you know, it, it really started off as I'm trying to remember when we started doing that. I think it was like pretty early in San Francisco. I think you were still living at 
yeah. Cause I mean, of course, when you lived in that apartment the whole time, we lived in San Francisco, but I remember like, I don't know if I read about it in like a mind body green article or something, or maybe we started doing it with three things and it just blossomed into something else. But essentially what we do is every night before bed. And then sometimes at other times, but mostly every night before bed, we do a connection. What is a connection? A connection is could be physical or verbal. Usually it is more verbal and communication based. And it is just a, like a little exercise of expressing usually some topic or question uh, to the other person. And then the other, the, the one person speaks first and then the other person kind of either responds and or answers the same question. So for example, a connection, a perfect example that many people have heard of and so probably resonate with is like three things. I don't know if a lot of people have heard about that. Or so. or uh, rosebud thorn. Yeah. That's that's one that many people so you 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 at the end of the day you say you could it could be for the week or it could be for the day or it could be for the evening, and you could say your rose, the highlight of your day, your bud, the thing that you're kind of most looking forward to, and then thorn, the worst thing of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or three things is three things that I enjoyed about spending time with the other person today. Right. Mm -hmm. Or three things I enjoyed about, you know, an experience that we recently shared. Uh, You could do this after intercourse, right? Like, you know, three things that I enjoyed about (laughs) intercourse just now. Um, Or yeah. Like what are other examples of connections that we'll do regularly? Like sometimes we'll do a couple part, I'll do like, I love multiple part connections. Danny is less enthused about multiple part connections, <laughs> but I'll do like, let's do a multi-part connection. Like one thing that's more physical, one thing that's more, um, you know, emotional and one thing that's more spiritual. So that could look like, you know, you have to touch the other person somewhere where, you know, they really want or like to be touched for a minute. And then, share one thing you love about the other person. And then let's connect to spirit baby for the third part of that connection. Can you share another example of another one? Let's give people some ideas. Um, let's think. And we usually take turns deciding what the connection is going to be every night, but if this feels overwhelming, you can totally do just like the same connection every night, you know, but we just kind of (laughs) multiple years into it at this point, like to Keep it dynamic. Mm-hmm. Something that you admire about the other person, something that you learned about the other person. We've been doing a lot of parenting ones because obviously that's on our minds a lot. So something that you've learned from the other person about being a parent or something that you think the other person is going to be re- really good about parenting or, yeah, I mean, it's essentially infinite. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to name that I think a lot of, this is totally a stereotype and I'm going to go with it anyways, that for a lot of men, especially, you know, depending on what life stage you're at, sometimes this kind of like more open, vulnerable connection is not something that you're as used to. Right. And I'm curious, babe, if you want to speak to what it was like for you when we first started doing these connections. Um, it was, I feel like it was trying to put myself back in that situation. 
I feel like it was a little exhausting. I'm not a night person and we usually do them at night. And I felt like uh, it was out of place and made me think at a time when I hate thinking like 10 p.m. right before you're about to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) He's not a night owl. Not a night owl. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just never, I hadn't been in a relationship that um, caused me to think about the world in that way, you know, and to communicate in that way. And so it was actually really hard for me, even though those questions, those questions sound really easy. Um, and for many people, they probably are, but I bet for many people, they're probably not too, because you're not used to answering them. And so it was just a very challenging exercise for me to do. And I, we wouldn't do it every night. I mean, we like did it a, I mean, we weren't living together at the time either. So we would, you know, sleep over at each other's apartments whatever three or four times a week on average i don't really remember and we would do them probably half the time or something like that and then it just kind of over the years grew and grew i became more comfortable with it and you know got more meaning out of it and it became easier for me and yeah i mean that's kind of that's kind of where it started but i think very much i it was initially something that i had like a lot of horse blinders up about, you know? Yeah. And I mean, we're, let's, we'll definitely speak to the ways in which this kind of intentional connection has really supported our communication and our like really nurtured our love, but coming back to the piece around well, womanhood, well, womanhood here, I think that part of that is like for a woman to be able to really speak authentically in her truth. And it's so easy for when you're in a relationship, especially if it's either like a newer relationship or even a relationship where like, you've just kind of established norms, right. That if your partner is inherently uncomfortable with something, and of course, I'm not saying like, do things that make your partner like severely uncomfortable, but you know, I think it would have been so easy for me or for, and for a lot of women to be like, oh, he clearly doesn't really like doing this. This is hard for him. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Let's stop, right? I'm not going to force this. I'm not going to you know, encourage us to continue doing that. But part of what it means to be a well woman is like to really be able to stand in your truth and to know that you're always safe in your truth because you trust yourself, you trust your body, you trust your mind. And I knew, like I, I had this just like, I knew that there was this, block around communication, um, for you, which was, you know, we communicated well, but that we weren't communicating on as deep of a level as I, I felt was possible and necessary for me. Right. Also part of being a well woman is like owning what you need in a partnership and not settling for anything less. And so I felt really committed to us continuing to deepen the kind of connections that we were having and using this as an avenue to do it and didn't give up on it. Right. I think it would have been so easy in the beginning for me to have just been like, okay, well, this is uncomfortable for him. So let's stop because I don't want to rock the boat. But I mean, I don't know. I'll let you answer this now. Like, how do you think these connections have like really supported us? I mean, now, however many years later, five years later after that, or plus we do them every night. 
yeah, I think that they've uh, they've just allowed our communication to foster, you know, our level of communication to really grow into other areas too. I mean, it started out with me being a closed-minded man. <laughs> didn't like talking about emotions past 10. Still not wild about it past 11, but. <laughs> but. Uh, In your vows, you were like, I, at 3 a.m., I'm sure we'll be doing a connection, you know, like evening, that yeah. evening. <laughs> I guess that was the exception to the 11 p.m. rule. <laughs> we still do them after 11, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, but it started off with you being a closed-minded man. Yeah, and 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 now I mean, it just has uh, made me a. I think it made me and made us, you know, a more cohesive couple, an individual, and uh, allowed that communication, which has rooted itself in like that type of sometimes silly exercise, to be evident everywhere else in our relationship. Yeah, totally, and just for the record, like, you know, some nights we can really see in each other that the other person's really tired or like just, and like the connection can be like, let's kiss for 10 seconds, right? Like it doesn't have to be, uh, something so big all the time, but like, we've also done them where it's like, it turns into something we're doing for 30 minutes. Like it gets to be dynamic and it gets to be really beautiful. And I would really recommend this practice to any couple and you don't have to do it right before bed. If you and your partner don't go to sleep at the same time together every night. Although I do think that that's also, if possible, a great thing for, you know, for relationships to, to go to bed together. Um, but I mean, it can be done at any time. You could do it over morning coffee. You could do it anytime really. Um, but I just really think it has facilitated so much connection for us. And so there are a couple other practices that we have picked up along the way too, that we don't have to use super often, but I think that also could be really helpful in this context of similarly open communication, well womanhood that I just want us to talk about a little bit. And so, um, babe, can you describe what a check-in chicken is and what maybe a shadow check is, or I can do that one after you do check-in chicken. A check-in chicken is where, um, uh, it may or may not be able to like be very specific, but to, to use an example, to make it easier to understand it's where like, let's say that there was a argument or a disagreement between a couple and, uh, that felt like it was putting a weight in the room. One person would say, I think we need to have a check-in chicken. And there's some sort of funny hand motion about it, I believe, too. <laughs> and then it would create a, it creates like an open space and a specific space to check in about whether it be, you know, some specific maybe argument that was had, or if it's just like a, like a feeling, right? Like a, I don't know, like maybe the two, maybe the couple had different ideas as to what their Saturday would look like, you know? So, I mean, we all deal with these random problems and it's so check and chicken is really just supposed to create a space to communicate about whatever issue might be at hand. Yeah. So check and chicken, just to elaborate a little bit is we learned it from this woman who actually, I learned it from a friend who learned it from this woman when we were living in San Francisco, who had these really neat relationship, uh, 
workshops. And it was to be able to bring levity or lightness to like a bit of a heavier situation. So like by being like, can we have a check-in chicken and like making a little chicken beak thing and being like back, back with your fingers. Like it was supposed to just be able to lighten up the space a little bit when you feel like there's maybe something you need to check in about. Whereas a shadow check is a little bit more of like a formal check-in when something in the relationship feels shadowy. And so this could be, you know, when you're just feeling tension or if one person feels like something happened and they haven't fully gotten over it or at really any time that there are shadows inside the relationship. And this has a little bit more of a specific uh, structure where one person is like, Hey, I think we need a shadow check. And what it looks like is, I mean, I feel like over time we've maybe used it less like this, but the structure can be really helpful so that you don't end up having these like four hour long, non-constructive conversations where the person who brings up the shadow check has 15 minutes to share what they're feeling like is feeling shadowy. The other person has 15 minutes to share what's feeling shadowy on their end. And then you each have 15 minutes to respond to what the other person said, and then you're done. So it's an hour max. And I think that that can be really helpful as well. And so these are definitely things I think, you know, it's like really easy and fun to share about these connections that we have every night, which 98% of the time are positive, right? Every once in a while, it can be like something that's a little bit more challenging or, you know, about a disagreement or something like that. But typically they're, they're more on the like light, happy, you know, and like spiritual, beautiful connections. Whereas I think it's just really important to name that we all know every relationship has challenges, right? And having space to deal with those challenges is equally as important. Amen. Yeah. And again, part of being a well woman is being able to not only take responsibility, right. For the things that we do in relationships that can be challenging, but also to own when we want or need our partners to acknowledge, you know, something that's not feeling right. And I want to just speak to about the elements of well womanhood when it comes to hormones and the brain chemistry and challenges in relationship briefly, because so you know, your brain chemistry changes 25% over the course of your cycle. And so many people, I think, you know, come to me with really bad PMS and it really impacts their marriage because they feel like they're going crazy for half the month or their husband is walking on eggshells when they're in their late luteal phase, or, you know, is like, she's so hormonal when she's on her period, which actually makes no sense because hormones are lowest when you're on your period. But if you're coming from an imbalanced body, it can often feel that way. But when we allow our partners to fully see us in our cyclical nature and have really open communication around that and really allow for our husbands to understand what does it mean to be in the different phases of our cycle, how that impacts the way that we want to have sex, how that impacts the way that we want to socialize. It creates for so much less tension. And we can also know when we might like, do we actually need a shadow check or am I just like one day away from getting my period and this is going to blow over. Right. So I kind of wanted to ask you, babe, like how does like your understanding and being aware of my cycle, obviously I haven't had a period in, you know, nine months, but before that, for the eight years we were together, how does that, um, how does that support our relationship? 
you being cycle aware? I think that I am understanding that women don't move about life as men do. And so if you think about it on like a, this is like a gross simplification, but a 365 day year hormonally, I'm the same those 365 days every year. And I'm also, I mean, just speaking personally, I'm kind of a creature of habit, as you know, and I like, I like my routines. I like my hobbies. I like uh, the things that I like, and I'm happy to do those things every day. And, and whereas for you, again, gross, simple oversimplification, but let's call it split up those 365 days into four different general types of how you might be feeling hormonally and relative to those hormones, the things that you might want to do. So a perfect example would be like every day I'm down to play tennis. <laughs> if I had the time, I would play every day, all day for sure. And that is probably what I will be doing when I retire. <laughs> whereas for this you, my future. <laughs> whereas for you, such that, for example, in your luteal phase, you don't feel very, uh, you don't feel like being very active. You feel like nesting kind of, right? And and you don't want to go to the gym. And maybe you want to, maybe you want to have more of like a lazy nesting day. And I think in the beginning, I didn't really, uh, in the beginning, like in the beginning of your journey of, you know, becoming an expert on this type of stuff, I didn't understand that at all. And so was thinking that um like I had a perception maybe that like you're lazy on these <laughs> certain types of days you know throughout the course of the month or whatever the case may be and yeah I mean it's just been a little bit kind of eye-opening for me to be able to um mesh how I'm feeling relative to your cycle and how how I know you're feeling physically and you know emotionally mm -hmm. yeah and like how much better that makes everything. I mean, I remember having this moment of like, it clicks, you know, where there was something I was trying to remember. I think we were going out to dinner with someone who was coming to, to we like either we were in LA or someone was coming to see us in LA. Like either we were visiting there after we moved or vice versa. And um, some or someone was visiting us and we were trying to figure out where to meet like one of your, you know, friends for dinner. And me being like they suggested sushi. And I was on my period. And it was like so easy for me to be like, no raw cold food, like let's go get pho. Right. And you being like, oh yeah, totally. Like, and it wasn't just like there was just like a connection around that and being able to just have that be so open. And so, um, you know, your partner doesn't have to be an expert on all things cycle syncing, but when you as a sovereign cycling body, right. You as a woman in a sovereign cycling body can just own that and communicate it well and allow your partner to support you in that and witness you in it. Everything flows so much easier. What was that? <laughs> That was me snapping. <laughs> yeah, I think it really makes such a big difference. Um, okay, so with that, right? Like, 
now you know I'm not lazy. I'm just ludal. I was ludal. I was ludal. Ludaling. I don't know if there's ludaling. Um, curious, like how any of that has translated to pregnancy and pregnancy support on your end or understanding. Um, I think it, a lot of it has because, you know, their pregnancy, you don't, or, uh, a woman's period, you don't see the physical changes that are happening. Um, typically, right. I mean, uh, there's no, like, uh, there it's, it's all very, it's, it's very hormonal and it is not physical and therefore it's not physical from like my perspective, like your body isn't, you know, getting bigger or smaller, et cetera. And so it's important to be like patient and empathetic around that aspect of the, of the cycle. And that I think interfaces perfectly with pregnancy because pregnancy, particularly in the early months, there's a lot, I mean, throughout the entire thing, and even, you know, postpartum, there's a ton of hormonal changes and during parts of pregnancy, no physical changes whatsoever that are like kind of immediately apparent to the outside, to the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just having the patience and understanding that those hormonal changes are making changes in the woman's body and in her, uh, psyche and, and, you know, emotional well-being and things of that nature. Uh, I think, you know, just having awareness of those makes for a patient counterparty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, I actually hadn't ever thought of it translating that way. That's really wise, babe. You're so smart. I'm a well man. You're a well man. Yeah. We should start a program like the Well Woman Collective for the partners of the people inside the Well Woman Collective, like a support group, the well man group that you facilitate. (laughs) I'll put it on the list of today's. (laughs) Along with the long list of today's. Um, okay. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And I think, again, it just comes down to just being able to communicate and like own what is happening inside you that maybe isn't visible to the outside world. And again, reminder, like if there are crazy physical changes happening in your body, that is a sign of imbalance and getting yourself back in balance will facilitate an easier, not only feeling in your body, but also, way that you show up in the world, which translates to your partnership better. It's also connected. Okay. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, one of the things that you said when I, we started this podcast that you felt like was the healthiest around our relationship is how we challenge each other and things that were respectively strong in. Um, and I kind of want to just talk about like some of the ways that we nurture each other's goals, how we support each other, how we cultivate respect. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we both have, excuse me, respect for each other's uh, you know, wishes and desires and perspectives on the world and that we are, uh, I think I'll probably by the end of this podcast sound like a broken record, but I think it kind of all of those things that I just mentioned are, were created in our relationship because of our communication. Like we never shy away from 
speaking what's on our mind and no one person's opinion is more important than the others you know relationships and in every way right like personal relationships business relationships etc are all about compromise to some extent and you're not always going to get your way right and everything that we do or every decision that we make in life i may it may not be the decision that I want to make, but certainly some of the decisions that we make collectively aren't the decision that you want to make either. And so I think that our communicating around those, um, you know, elements or issues, whatever the case may be, is is how we have built a strong relationship that's that's based around you know consensus, communication, compromise all those things. Mm, interesting. I feel like while a hundred percent, the communication element there, I actually feel like so much of the way that we are able to r- respect each other and uh, nurture each other's goals is through trust. And I'm curious, like, I really think that, for example, with your goals, right, you know, the bigger goals that we have in life around business and around family and around all these things, I feel like I'm able to be fully supportive of them because I fully trust you. And I fully trust you because I fully trust me. And so if I fully trust myself, then I can trust myself to trust you. And therefore I feel confident, even if it is something that I'm like, quote unquote, compromising in to be like, oh yeah, because I like fully trust Danny to be able to do this thing or to, to show up in this way, or I respect your decisions around or or your opinions around things because I trust you. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, I, um, I think that we have kind of like what we're doing right here. We have like a lot of the bigger conversations, you know, Mm -hmm. like we have specific conversations and we do check in chickens and shadow checks when issues arise around whatever day-to-day things. But we also have bigger conversations. Like we have conversations around like, uh, what does family mean to us? What are our one-year goals, three-year goals, five-year goals and family and business and money and all those things. Right. So like, we're both very clear because of our communication on what our, on, um, yeah, what, what, what our collective path is, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, we trust each other in that path. And we, and we, because we're both very knowledgeable about what the path generally is, we of course don't know what is actually going to happen, but we're, but we're both aware of, I think what the path generally is. And we trust and respect one another to make decisions along the way that are consistent with that path. Mm-hmm. That are like in the best interest for our family. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just want to speak to your trust in me. I mean, when we moved to LA, I remember taking, this was, I mean, I had had, I had the buds of my business, right. But I really wasn't exactly sure like what direction I wanted to go in wh- like what this was going to look like. And I mean, I remember before that, even walking 
I've, I've told you this, it like, it's so vivid to me, this memory, but we were walking on the panhandle in San Francisco. And I remember saying like, I wish I could just look in a crystal ball because, and like, it would tell me what exactly I was supposed to do because I knew I would be successful in whatever I ended up doing, but the like uncertainty and the bigness of it felt so, uh, scary. Right. And just like, so like unknown. And when we moved to LA, probably about a year later, I said to you, you know, I I really want to be able to take some time and we weren't married yet. Right. We weren't even engaged. And we, I really wanted to take some time to, to sit with and like honor what my path was supposed to be and like come, come to realization of like how I wanted to change, you know, make my larger impact on the world. And I remember you being like, yeah, I support that. And I got you. And at that moment, I felt like you fully trusted me to be successful. And maybe I'm assuming this, but I really think that it was because I trusted me to be successful that you were able to be like, yeah, I got her. Like, she's not just playing around. Does that feel true? Mm-hmm. And it does. And I, and going back to just like the, that is what it means to be a well woman, right? To trust yourself, to trust your body and cultivating that trust. I I deeply think is one of the best things that you can do for your partnership because it creates trust within the partnership. And so many good relationships are built on trust and according to you compromise. Amen. <laughs> um, okay. Let's get like really raw for a moment and talk about what this kind of looks like in practice. Let's talk about the hardest thing that we've gone through recently. I feel like we've had a lot of hard things. We moved cities while I was 12 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of just navigating that and really showing up for each other in that way. And you showing up in a big way, because I also wasn't feeling great during a lot of that, but let's speak to like maybe one of the hardest things that we went through recently and how that played out. Do you want me to talk about it or do you want to talk about it? Do you have a specific example? Yeah. I want to talk about the, like when you came back from Montana. Ah, I see. Okay. Don't you think that was the hardest thing we've gone through recently? Probably. It was for me, for sure. It was really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, Why don't you share about it from your perspective and then I'll share about it from mine. Okay. Or vice versa. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. So... I, we had been invited to what sounded like a really fun weekend where one of our friends, hi Keegan, what up? I don't know if you're listening to this either. We got to send this to the dog. We got to send it to Keegan. Um, had, he lives in Montana and had rented a ski mountain for a day so that everyone, he could basically just invite like literally everyone he knows, um, I think. And although he knows a lot of people, so maybe it was just close friends, but it still numbered over a hundred people um, to be able to enjoy the ski mountain. And it was turning into like a whole weekend thing. And originally the plan was for both of us to go. 
And as it approached closer and closer, I developed less interest in being able to go when I couldn't, you know, I'm not a very confident skier and I would not have felt comfortable skiing, uh, at 20 plus weeks pregnant. Um, the travel itself, it's a very remote location in Montana. And I hadn't been feeling, you know, awesome. I was still very nauseous. And also, you know, it was out of the people I knew going, it was going to be just like a lot of guys. It was a guy's trip. It was a guy's trip, even though of course I knew some of the women, but, um, who, you know, like Keegan's amazing partner. Um, and it would have been really fun to be with her, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Um, you know, but I didn't know a ton of women going and I wasn't going to be able to ski. And so I decided I wasn't going to go. We got me moved into this. We got us moved into our new house and Danny went on his own. Now I got really sick, not like pregnancy sick, but like also pregnant and sick. And I mean, I think I probably had the vid, but I just didn't test for it. Um, but I was just like knocked out for the count with a terrible cold for several days. And I was by myself here and it was pretty brutal. Like for multiple days, I was just like, so grossly sick. And I was so excited for Danny to come home from this trip. (laughs) And while he was on the trip, it was kind of hard to get in touch with him. Like there wasn't great service. I felt the baby kick for the first time, which was like so special, but also really sad to be by myself and, uh, not have him present for that. And when I tried to reach out to him about it, it like took hours for him to be able to get back to me. And I was a little bit anxious about, was he okay? Like they're driving on these, you know, dark, icy roads. I was just really ready for him to come home. And when he came home, I was expecting a lot from him pretty much right away because I had been taking care of myself very ill (laughs) for days. And I just really wanted someone to take care of me. And I felt really emotional and it was just really hard. And when he got home, I felt like there was a lot of distance and like, he was almost like mad at me or something like for needing him. And it was, it was really hard for just even those first few hours while he was home. Um, yeah. I'll, do you want me to stop there or and you want to share like your perspective from that point? And then we can talk about what happened next. Sure. Um, I, I, so went on this trip, had a great time, got to reconnect with some old friends, which was fun. And, you know, came back home to a sick, pregnant, sad wife. And that was pretty sad. Was coming off obviously a high note. And it was just obviously for me uh, a little depressing. And very much like Stephanie said, she immediately upon my walking in the door demanded a lot. <laughs> and I think I thought I just wasn't, I wasn't um, ready for that. And the underlying context and feeling was that I was acknowledging of the fact for perhaps the first time that it felt like it had weight that that would be that Montana trip would be among my last trips where I didn't have this like you know extra responsibility layer in a family and so I think I felt 
resentment of that overall. And I think that, you know, in me appreciating the, you know, kind of individualism and flexibility that I have in life, I felt like that part of me was dying and I was uh, resentful of that as well. Right. So I was almost like resentful of the, of like the, the, the family growing. And, um, and so I think that that was kind of my immediate reaction to walking in with Kleenexes everywhere and Stephanie needing me to get food and water for her. And, you know, there's laundry strewn all over the place and things like that. And I just, I, and you had had a really long travel day, which I should have had more respect and compassion for. Like you had driven from very long travel day, very late night. Um, but in any event, yeah. So that that's essentially what happened. And that was a few months ago at this point. And I feel like you're skipping over what actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, essentially, like there was just like a, a lot of like distance. And I think you hadn't fully processed what you have now just shared. Right. I think mm-hmm. you just were like annoyed, but didn't really know why you were annoyed. Yeah. Maybe you knew a little bit, but I think you were just like mostly really annoyed and frustrated and feeling the feelings of like, I'm not getting to do what I want, which is to do my, Danny is one of the psychopaths who literally unpacks his bag from a trip within an hour of coming home. (laughs) Stephanie doesn't unpack until two months later after I've asked her five times. And then she gets mad at me on the fifth time. (laughs) Differences of opinion. Uh Anyways. So, you know, he wanted to come home and just like immediately unpack his bag, put the laundry in. I love my clean freak husband. Um, and like decompress. And instead I was really needy. And I think there was just like a lot of this underlying meaning that we hadn't talked about. And so I'm trying to remember if we ended up talking about it that day or if we waited until the next day, I'm really, no, we talked about that. We did. Okay. Um, and I was just like, I, I mean, I could very much feel like something was up. And so I called a shadow check and we ended up having, I mean, one of the hardest, but also like most transformative, I think conversations during this entire pregnancy where it eventually came out, right. That Danny felt like part of him was dying, right. That this part of him who had lived this independent, amazing adventure, rich, you know, man trip, rich life was coming to not a conclusion, but like that it was going to change quite a lot. And he was a little bit resentful of me and the baby. And I had been feeling that. And he was, it was just like a really hard transition. And I, I mean, it was honestly hard for me for a couple days. Like it wasn't something that like was a hundred percent resolved in that conversation. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, and I really feel like us being able to have that really vulnerable conversation, not wait on it. Right. For us to talk through. And like, again, push that kind of vulnerable communication, which like, I don't think you would have just come out and said it. Like, I think it required us being able to like really go deep and have this like really hard conversation for you to even come to the like realization of what was happening in terms of your feelings. 
but not being afraid to do that and like not shying away from it because we have prioritized communication so much. And I really feel like it was a turning point in our pregnant, in the pregnancy, even though like you had been really supportive before that, like, I really think something shifted afterwards. I agree. Do you want to speak to what you feel like shifted, if anything, by being able to have that really hard conversation? I think it was, I think it was a pretty much just an understanding of what the feeling was that I was having, you know, and just being able to talk it out and voice it out and um not living it by myself i think um and i've subsequently talked with a few a couple friends about it and it seems to be a interestingly fairly common theme amongst men and maybe other partners who are and i'm sure other partners who are you know building a family but not at the stage yet where the family's actually there mm-hmm. um so yeah that was interesting and i'm and i mean so I think it was just me, yeah, understanding what the what the feeling actually was and being able to sit with that. And I'm just so grateful that like we're not afraid to have hard conversations because I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I listen to people talk about their relationship and I'm not saying every person's part, marriage should look like ours, right? Like every marriage is beautiful and unique in its own way. But I also, I, I mean, I do hear some of my friends or people who are acquaintances talk about the way that they have conversations with their partners. And I, it almost feels like to me that people are afraid to say the things like that, having the hard conversations, you know, sometimes I'll read an article that's like 10 questions you should ask your significant other before you get married. And I'm sitting there like, who hasn't talked about this like years before they're considering getting married, you know? Um, and so I just, I really think that our willingness and ability to have the hard conversations and to not back away from them when things are starting to feel uncomfortable speaks to, again, the trust in ourselves to be like, we can do this. Like we can do hard things. We can have hard conversations. There's nothing we won't be able to get through. Yep. And that was for sure the hardest thing that I felt like we had dealt with in a while. And it was really great that we were able to get over that hump. Um, let's talk to like some other, just like challenges we have in our partnership. What's the thing that you think we fight about the most fight is a strong word, but like bigger, we don't really fight that much, but we're like ever, (laughs) I don't know. Do you have one in mind? (laughs) I'm surprised that this didn't immediately come to you because you already brought it up in this podcast. how obsessed with cleanliness you are and you're feeling that I am less organized than you. I think that is the number one thing that we fight about. Maybe. What do you think the number one thing that we fight about is? I don't think we really fight about that much. Maybe. Yeah. We fight about, I wouldn't call it fighting really, but communicate around. (laughs) (laughs) cleanliness expectations and yeah yeah 
I'd say that that's probably the biggest challenge in our relationship. And like, we handle it really well. And we recently came up with a really amazing solution for the clothes issue. Which is you storing your clothes in boxes or what? Us labeling those boxes. So you knew so where to put, put them the away. away yeah. Danny does the family's laundry and though had not, didn't know where to put my clothes when, if he like needed to put them away. So then he would just pile the clothes up and expect me to put them away. And then I wouldn't do it as quickly as he wanted to, me to. And so that created a little bit of frustration. And so, and, or he would just put them away in the wrong place. And then that created frustration for me. So we recently labeled where all of my clothes go so that he is more able to support me in putting them away, um, which has been amazing. But yeah, I, I'd otherwise say like the biggest challenges in our relationship have just been, I'm feeling really blessed right now, but I also think it's a result of a lot of our hard work that we've worked through a lot of those challenges over time. I think the biggest challenge probably used to be communication. And like the fact that our communication is so amazing now is so exciting. Agreed. Yeah. Over the past like four years, we've really nailed it. Everyone go do your connection game. Um, okay. And I just want to ask you now, this is mostly just because I want to use this platform to put you on the spot a little bit, because I think this would be fun to learn. What are your favorite practices that we do that make you feel love for me? Um, my favorite practices that we do that make me feel loved for you are. And, or loved by me. You can do both. Or loved by you. Are our. Um, connection games one and obviously you're pregnant as I'm sure most people know who are listening to this although at the time of this release it's possible that I am no you longer be, pregnant and be a mother I will be a father yeah uh I like motherly things around like our connection games so I don't know just like the little the funny little comments that we make and that we've been making for years about about like family and litters and things like that <laughs> stephanie loves the idea of having like a little you know litter of kids running around so you can think about like a little pen of dogs you know we've been talking about breastfeeding for like literally eight years how excited i am to breastfeed <laughs> and um and then i i think like our little dances and the you know silly stuff that we do oftentimes in the kitchen listening to music that I enjoy that I certainly picked out <laughs> and yeah all those things make me feel loved and love for you I think for me it's uh our inside jokes and voices and just like the ways that we get to be really silly with each other like I think so much of this um conversation was in some ways like the big stuff right the the like intentional communication the having the hard conversations the how to do a shadow check but the reality is that all of that just it actually enables us and facilitates us to be like really fun and silly and like love on each other in a really sweet way 98% of the time right mm -hmm. and i love that so much about 
our relationship is just how fun and light it is. And it makes me feel so loved by you and feel so much love for you. Thank you for this face massage I'm getting while I'm talking right now. It's really cute. Are we not on video? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> um, I put on this suit. for. <laughs> this is your uniform. I wouldn't call it a suit though. Um, yeah. And I just want to really like encourage anyone who's listening to this, no matter where you're at in partnership, whether you're seeking it or whether you're hoping to improve your partnership or like, so grateful for where you're at with your partnership, just that all the things that we talked about today, like really can facilitate such a juicy, yummy, heartful marriage. And of course your marriage, excuse me, gets to look and feel the way that you want a marriage to look and feel. And it doesn't have to look and feel like ours. And I deeply know, not even think, I deeply know because I've witnessed it with so many others that the more that you invest in yourself, both partners really. Um, and you know, I work with women, so I'm going to speak to them, but the more that you invest in yourself, and you learn to trust yourself and you learn to not settle for anything but magic in your marriage. And you are able because of that to just act and live your most fulfilled self life. It creates a half of an amazing partnership and the other person in the partnership sees that and can like be raised by it. And and can meet you there. And I'm just so grateful, baby, that you've done that with me. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> so that was that. Thanks for joining us today, family. And yeah, um, feel free to reach out if any of this resonated with you. I'd love, love, love to hear if you start doing connection games or shadow checks or checking chickens or if anything that we you took away from this podcast today, please send me a message about it on Instagram. We'll link my Instagram in the show notes. If we are not already friends over there, please come say what's up. I would tell you to follow Danny on Instagram, but he uses it never. Um, so <laughs> it wouldn't be my Instagram. Hit me up D Rob's two Oh six or something like that. <laughs> or something like that. He doesn't even know his handle. He, the only reason he goes on it is like once every three weeks to like, look at real estate memes. <laughs> <laughs> not even anymore not even anymore <laughs> so um anyway so don't probably reach out to danny you won't get much in return but if you have something you want to speak to to danny please tell it to me through him and i will be sure to bring it up and yeah thanks for thanks for being here y'all and if you are ready to take your well womanhood to a new level i really encourage you to go check out other podcasts i have here you know, about what does it feel like and mean to be in charge of the way that you feel in your body and your lifestyle and everything as it relates to setting the foundation to make you successful or more successful in having a well woman marriage. So thanks for being here and we love you. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Please go leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. Mwah.